Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey everybody, welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast, episode 105, titled Your Money Plan. Excited to be here with you today. Hope you're all doing great and enjoying the fall season. So I like to think about um, money in a particular way. So I have noticed as I work with people and get to know people that lots of people have different styles with their money. Some people are naturally frugal and are really good savers and really enjoy that. Others are natural spenders and don't really like to uh, think about their money. They don't like to budget that much. They don't like to track what they're spending. They just like to kind of go with the flow. There's some people who are very organized with their finances, have spreadsheets, and follow on different apps. And there's other people who Back in the day when we used to balance checkbooks, would never balance their checkbook, would kind of fly by the seat of their pants, were more unorganized about their money, can't really tell you how much they're spending, how much they're saving. There's some who are very impulsive and with their money and tend to kind of be in debt constantly and just buy what feels good in the moment. And there's other people who are very thoughtful and cautious about their money decisions and prefer to sit on things and wait before making a big purchase, like to really do the research, consider the options. There's other people who are very uh, into personal finance, kind of like myself, who enjoy reading books about it, who like listening to podcasts about personal finance, and who really, it really lights them up as a hobby, as a passion, as an interest. There's other people who wouldn't uh, even consider picking up a personal finance book because it would bore them to tears and provide them with some good insomnia relief. So there's different personalities. There's some people with their portfolio management who are very simple and have a few index funds and call it good, kind of like myself. There's other people who have a hodgepodge portfolio who have a little of this, a little of that, 15 different mutual funds, and just a whole variety of different things in their portfolio just because. There's people who are more trusting and just kind of set it and forget it. And there's other people who overthink things, check things multiple times a day, and just overthink their personal finances in general. There's the extravagant person who needs the the latest and the greatest and the best. And then there's the frugal person who will milk that iPhone down to its very last day before they upgrade. And there's indulgent people versus prudent people. So there's all these different personality styles and traits that people have that can really influence our money management habits and our money management lives, our investing lives and whatnot. And so my thought is, first of all, it's really important to get to know what traits you have and like, I've seen, for example, some people are on time in life and some people are constantly five minutes late. Have you noticed that? The person who is constantly five minutes late doesn't typically, I mean, I know there's no absolutes, but typically doesn't change that behavior. It's a behavior they had as a child, through adolescence, into adulthood. 
the person who's a little more anxious and a little more obsessive and always on time, that typically doesn't change either. A lot of these traits are, they're, they're more than habits. They're more internalized traits, it feels like to me. Like a natural saver and a natural spender, is, they're probably not going to flip-flop. And a natural saver is not all of a sudden going to become a natural spender. And so a lot of these traits, I'm not saying people can't change because they can and whatnot. But I'm saying that a lot of times these traits are more innate and part of you. And so it's important to know which traits you have, which person you are. Are you a hodgepodge portfolio guy or girl? Are you more of a simple, straightforward, give me a total market index fund and I'm good to go? So knowing your style and your approach will help you to develop strategies around how to be successful with your money life. For example, if you are a natural spender and money just kind of flows through your hands and doesn't stop and pause and hang out for a while, it's probably super important for that person to implement a couple of strategies in their life so that they can still save for retirement and still gain an emergency fund or whatnot. So in other words, what they could do is that person who's a natural spender, they could set up some automated systems in their finances so that automatically every time they get paid, a certain amount of their paycheck is automatically transferred to their savings account, preferably a high savings account a high yield savings account, excuse me, where you can actually make some interest. And also that person would be really wise to set up an automatic investment strategy where if you have an account with Fidelity or Vanguard or Schwab or Betterment or Wealthfront or any of these platforms that you automatically every month have a certain portion taken out of your checking account, put into your investment account, and then automatically invest in the index funds that you have in that account. Therefore, if you are a natural spender and you're a little more unorganized, you have this system in place knowing that if you don't automate it and do it do it every month automatically, that that money will flow through and be gone. And so people who are natural spenders, it's super important to develop a couple of these systems. Another one that I would highly recommend is most people who are natural spenders, the ones I've known, have a credit card or 10. And so I would suggest if you're a natural spender to cut down the amount of credit cards you have to a, a small number, one, two, three, maybe credit cards total. Also, I would recommend that you, it might be a little difficult to remember to do this if you're a natural spender or a little more unorganized, but to pay off your credit card every week. That way you don't allow yourself to dig a hole. And at minimum, every credit card has the option on the app to do an automatic payment on the payment due date or day before, whatever date you want. So you can click that option on the app so that your credit card gets paid off in full on the same date every month, no matter what. Now, obviously you're gonna have to track that to make sure you have the funds to pay that off. That's why I really prefer this the idea of paying off your credit card every week. So one way you could do that is to set an alarm in your phone every week, Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, it comes up on your phone every week to remind you pay off my Capital One card. And you can set up an automated system where it repeats every week, it sets off an alarm so that it reminds you to do it and you just develop the habit and the discipline to go in and do it. So I'm not saying that you have to become a 
super saver or super money person uh, if you're a more of a spender or more of an unorganized person. But what I'm saying is if you know yourself and you know that about yourself, be wise. Don't use it as an excuse to just say, oh, well, I'm a spender, therefore I'm bad with money. Set up a couple of simple systems so that you can be good with money even though you're a natural spender. It's this, these tools are especially important if you're an unorganized person. Uh, unorganized people need systems in their life to help them with organization. It doesn't come naturally to some of them. And so it's wise in today's world with the technology we have and the apps we have, the abilities we have, we can be so wise in compensating for an, our an organization or a lack of organization that we have in our personalities. So in other words, we can set reminders on our phones, we can set those auto payments, we can set automatic investments to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves financially, even though we may have some personality traits that would kind of lean towards us not doing well financially. Now, I want to talk a little bit about those of you who don't enjoy personal finance. Maybe you're listening to the podcast right now because you're more interested in my minimalism takes or my simple living takes, which is great. But if you're not really passionate or all that interested in personal finance, it's really important to at least get a basic education around personal finance, how credit works, how investing works, how to set up an investing account. Because even if you're not that interested, I know you want to have money. I know you want to feel secure with your finances. I know you don't want to go in the hole and develop credit card debt that charges 20% interest. I know people, I, I have specific examples of people I know in my life right now who have fifty dollars to $100,000 of credit card debt uh, with multiple different accounts and they've just been living like this, maybe not sharing it with their spouse, maybe not disclosing it to their significant other and digging this hole deeper. So if that is you, there is hope, there's ways to get out of this, but you've got to pull your head out of the sand and really look at your finances, not through rose-colored glasses, through reality glasses, and set up systems that will help you get out of debt and succeed. If you have a hodgepodge portfolio, which is a portfolio full of different mutual funds that you've <coughs> excuse me, accumulated over the years, or you thought, oh, I'll be more diversified if I have 15 mutual funds, oftentimes there's a lot of fund overlap when you do that and unnecessary complication and possibly unnecessary expenses too. Remember, mutual funds that are not index funds often have high expense ratios. You do not see that money go out. They do not send you a bill. They do not show you. But on every fund prospectus, which is a document that shows about the fund, you can figure out what the expense ratio is on that fund. And so what we're looking for is index funds that are in the 0 to 0.10 range of expenses. That is, there's a ton of wonderful index funds in that range through Fidelity Schwab and Vanguard that you can purchase and use. Those funds will have very minimal drag on your portfolio over the years, and you will not be paying a lot in fees. If you have a fund through American funds or through uh, Janus or through a Dodge and Cox or different different actively managed mutual fund companies, you will see that those funds probably range from 0.5 to 1.5. Now, 
it seems like 1.5% isn't that much, but comp- compounded over time, that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, possibly even up to a fourth to a third of your portfolio over an investing lifetime. So instead of having 1.5 million at the end, you may have 900,000. So it can make a huge difference. Fees can be a big drag on your portfolio, especially when the research shows that these actively managed mutual funds do not have higher returns generally than the index funds. The index funds over time tend to outperform the active managed funds. So there's no point in having them, especially when they have a higher expense ratio. So if you're a hodgepodge portfolio person, I would recommend that you, if they're held in a 401k or an IRA where there's not going to be tax implications, if you do this, to sell out of those positions and get yourself three, two or three or four wonderful index funds that cover the the U.S. total market, the international total market. And if you want to get a little cute, you can get like a small cap value fund to go along with that to hopefully get some added returns over the years. So that will help you really not have this fund overlap where you're, you have the same companies and multiple different funds. You won't have high expenses. You'll be able to know exactly what you have, be able to track it easier. Uh, if you happen to decease before your loved one does or your spouse does, they would not be overwhelmed with the complication of your portfolio. So I would recommend you simplify your portfolio down to a few index funds that cover the broad-based market of stocks. So if you happen to be a super extravagant person who loves the finer things of life, that's fine. It's Those things tend to cost a lot of money. So you have to make sure that you build that into your numbers, that you make sure that you have a high enough income to, to support that, that you are spending less than you make, and that you prioritize investing and saving, even though you love those finer things of life, which is fine, as long as you're taking care of the basics first. So in summary, I want you guys to all kind of step back, maybe talk to you, a friend or a spouse about what personality style you have with money and develop a simple plan around three things, making sure credit cards are paid off in a timely manner, making sure you automatically save every month to a high yield savings account, and making sure you automatically invest in index funds every month, either through your 401k or through your Roth IRA or through your regular brokerage account. Investing is awesome. I realize the market hasn't um, grown a lot in the last two years, but it will. I if If the future is anything like the past, they will reward you handsomely. You just have to be patient and be willing to sit through some downturns in the market and trust that it will rise over time. Hope you're all doing amazing. Remember, the simple life is a good life.